All the talk, all the time. Carefully designed to stimulate the mind. This is TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber. Our guest today, Dr. Liu, who's written the book Stay Healthy, Live Longer, Spend Wisely, who actually is trying to help us not only stay healthier so we don't get sick, but if we do get sick, how to get ourselves through the maze of the healthcare system with our sanity and pocketbooks intact. Uh, now, you were talking about the caveat of the HSA system. Yeah, so the, the caveat is to get this fi- financial tool, if you will, you have to have a high-deductible plan. So like your auto insurance, you have to have a deductible, which means you pay a full cost. So For the first visit, whatever, a thousand yeah, whatever. or... Yeah, so that could be a few thousand dollars. So that's why they want you to have the ability to save money aside and scroll it away so that when you do need the health care, you can pay for it. One thing you need to know about HSAs, which a lot of people are using, is you can actually use it for your retirement because there's no mandate that says you need to use the money from the HSA to pay for health care costs. Sure. You can use it at 65, and when you turn 65, you just pay the taxes that are due, and then you, you can use it for anything you'd like. Is, but, it, is this like the stock market, or where, where does this go? Well, that's a great question. It's, a, it's an industry that's in its infancy since the law passed in 2004, but uh, big heavy hitters like Fidelity, J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, they're all in on it. Mm-hmm. And basically, yes, you can put the money aside into a uh, money market account, a stock account, or bond account. So I tell people, uh, if you are going to go there, uh, it's a great tool to realize that, you know, it is money for a rainy day, and health is very unpredictable. And so if you're going to gamble with that, be very, very careful, because uh, you may be gone when you really need it. Right. So what type of consumer really benefits most from this type of plan? Well, really, it's really those that are really astute and wise. I mean, if you know um, when to spend money in healthcare, i.e., what tests you must ask for, um, then I think you might be a good person for HSA. Honestly, I think doctors if, uh, would be great at it because we kind of know when we should skip tests and what ones we should demand. I'm worried for the general public because I'm not sure they have the knowledge out there that what they need to get done. And more importantly, most of them don't even want it done. They don't really want this responsibility. They're, they're pretty busy, thank you very much. They'd rather have the system, healthcare system, make sure they be told uh, what to do, when to do it. Uh, generally, the HSA favor those who are young and healthy. Those who are pretty ill, for example, let's say with uh, chronic illnesses like cancer or congestive heart failure or diabetes, they won't want an HSA because they have to fulfill their high deductible every year. Oh, that'll, yeah, that'll nail you when you got continuing problems. And number two, which is yeah. even more important, is, by the way, if you get an HSA, you may not be able to flip back to the traditional comprehensive coverage. So once you're in, you're in. Once you're in, you're kind of in, so... If you're going to be in, you better be savvy and knowledgeable about what you should and should not skip, and this is why I'm very worried. So if anyone wants to get an HSA, I think my book is a good complement because it provides you the insider advice that I would tell someone if they were a family member what you should do and what you shouldn't do at you know, any age, 40, 50, 30, um, and that way you can spend your money wisely. Funny enough, those people taking advantage of it right now, the most people I've discovered are doctors and accountants. So, go figure. And is it doctors and accountants any age or younger? 
you know, it's all over the board because what's happening is they they one the one group doctors have the knowledge and the accountants financial advisors have the money. Remember, they're probably squirreling the money away as a retirement vehicle. Right. Because they're not under obligation to use it. They have probably money elsewhere to cover that high deductible right. for the future. Now, so, if, you, if you have an HSA and you take it out early, is there a tax penalty or anything like that? It's only a tax penalty if you don't use it on medical-related costs. So if you had to, if you had to raid that HSA for, let's say, a uh, mortgage payment or something, there would be a 10% penalty and taxes due. This is very similar to other other retirement uh, yeah. vehicles we have access to. And is that for after you're past the retirement age too? No, after retirement you don't, you don't have a ten percent uh, penalty. You just have to pay the taxes that are due, and then you're free to spend it on anything you want. But after sixty five, again, you can still spend it tax free on medical related expenses. But if you choose to use it for anything else but medical, at sixty five, you just pay the taxes that are due. There's okay. no ten percent penalty. Gotcha. Wow. Uh, you know, for the average person, how do we know what tests we need to take? Well, this goes back to the failure of our healthcare system. 55% of the time, we're supposed to uh, only get it right. And so that means half the time we forget to tell you, by the way, as I'm seeing you for a cold today, and let's say you're a man of 50, by the way, you're due for a colon test, you know? Yeah. Um, so the, the, the information should be out there, but it's not. If uh, listeners would like to go to my website at www.davisliu.com, there's actually a free download link. It's a one-two pager. Actually, tells them exactly what tests they should at least ask their doctors for um, at every age group. Um, so that'll give you a great start to do that. Well, that sounds very, very helpful. You know, give you a ballpark idea. Does it tell you symptoms to look for on that? Well, actually, it does not. It does not because most of the time people assume when they feel well, they don't need to see the doctor, which is far from the truth. As, I, <laughs> as we said earlier, there are some times you have to go in and see the doctor. It's kind of like your car. You know, it's got to get an oil change yep. or a, a tune-up of 10, 20, 30,000 miles. Unfortunately, we don't have a maintenance light in front of our face that says time to go in. <laughs> but there's a two things I do like what I tell people. Number one, your birthday. That's a good trigger. Another year has passed. People often groan and say, gosh, another year I'm older. And I always say, gosh, you know what? You're assuming you're supposed to be here another year. Something bad could have happened that first year. And then you often should ask yourself, am I taking the steps I need to be here another year? Am I due for any certain tests? Am I, have I quit smoking? Have I gotten the weight down? These are things that, that's like your maintenance flight, that, that birthday. And the other one's the New Year. A New Year is always a good time to renew oneself, take a good focus on what, what has been happening in the past and how to step forward. So I think those two are your maintenance light triggers. Mm-hmm. And so this is what I'm really critical on going back to the health savings account. If you're healthy and well, are you going to step down and say, gosh, you know, I'm 50 now. I need to demand my doctor give me a colon cancer test because I know I need one because yeah. it's the third most common cancer in the United States. Right. I, don't, I feel well because, you know, if you do that, they might find a tumor in there, but they caught it thoroughly, you're going to be around a long time. Versus, you know what, I'm going to skip it this year. I want to spend my money on a plasma TV. And then, you know what, that tumor grows really big, and now your shot of life next year is zero. And so that's where I'm very worried about our healthcare system because it does not do the right thing systematically day in and day out. Yeah, too bad we're not more in touch with ourselves, I must say. 
You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmay Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern on CRN. Our guest today is Dr. Liu, uh, Dr. Liu, who has written the book Stay Healthy, Live Longer, Spend Wisely. You talk about non-profit and for-profit health insurance plans. Uh, what, how would you recommend that? I, I don't even know about the non-profit health plans. Yeah, so really, um, there are not that many. Uh, the reason I tell people if you have a choice to try to avoid the for-profit health plans is because the for-profit, you wonder uh, who their masters are. Yeah. Is it to help you, the individual who's enrolled, to stay healthy and live well? Or is it for the stock owners and the investors who are looking for the next quarter earnings and seeing if their insurance company is making enough money for them. So there Good are some point. non-for-profits. Uh, the two that come to mind are actually Kaiser Permanente, for those who are able to access it, and also many of the Blue Cross or Blue Shields are actually uh, not-for-profit. However, the Blue Crosses and Blue Shields have been gobbled up lately by an insurance company called WellPoint, and so it's becoming harder. What's actually even as important is the quality of the health insurance plan. We were talking just a second ago about how our plans don't keep us healthy and well. There are actually some that do. And if this country adopted every single of these, of these top 10% of the health plans in the country, uh, 100,000 Americans would be walking around today simply because basic things were done. Mammograms were done, blood pressure controlled, diabetes to levels controlled that recommended by expert committees. And so there actually are some stellar insurance plans. You've got to find them, and they will actually remind you to get these things done so that you can worry about other more important things. Right. Sure, because they don't want you getting sick and then having big bills going up. That's right, and that's the difference between the, the for-profit plans that say, you know what, you're going to leave my insurance plan next year, so I'm going to get you for all you, all you got this year. And the other plans say, look, we want to keep you around a long time. Right. We're going to keep you really healthy and well. Right, that's really good. So how do we select a health insurance plan? You know, there's different age groups like... The young person, the person between uh, 30s and 40s uh, or 50s and 60s, how do we choose the insurance plan? I think the greatest, greatest place to start is a website that is linked on my website, but I'll give it. It's www.ncqa.org. That stands for National Committee for Quality Assurance, and they rank um, health insurance plans. Those plans that are accredited, think of it as good uh, housekeeping seal of approval. Those plans have shown that they are doing the right things to keep you healthy and well. Again, if, if the country adopted these plans nationwide, 100,000 Americans would be walking around talking with their family and friends today but because they didn't have access to these high-quality health plans. They're not. Please, so I would start there. Please say the website again. It's uh, ncqa.org. It's mm-hmm. also linked on my website as, as re- preferred website links. And they actually team up every year with U.S. News and World Report and they just had an issue just a few months ago, and they list the top health plans in the country. You pick those that are accredited by that organization, your chances of living longer and staying healthy are much higher than if you just picked a random plan. What's scary is about a, a third of PPO plans, those are fee-for-service uh, provider preferred organization plans, yeah. didn't submit any information. So 100 million Americans are walking around having no clue if their health plan is doing the right things to keep them healthy. When you're talking about the the top insurance plans, does that include uh, reasonable costs for the uh, person or just uh, recommendations and, and coverage? 
What's fascinating is actually the cost isn't necessarily a factor. The cost actually may be the same, possibly even cheaper than other plans. Um, so what's important is you've got to pick the plan that's high quality. When they compared the plan between top 10% and average, the quality measure in terms of keeping you well varied by 20%. If you took the same quality for airlines, and say you took the top 10% of airlines <laughs> and average for safety, less than 0.1%. That's how much they vary. I see. So wow. it's very important you pick the right plan. Because, again, 100,000 Americans would be alive today not because of medical errors, not because of negligence, not because of medical uh, medication errors. is because their insurance plan and their doctors, frankly, uh, didn't do the right things to keep them well and healthy. Just basic stuff that everyone knows. Research shows it takes about 17 years from studies in the newspaper to reach common practice in the doctor's office that you see to be done routinely and regularly, 17 years. I see. I also notice uh, this is a rather alarming fact. 85% of hospital bills contain errors. You know, our health care system needs to be reformed at every single level. <laughs> reformed. <laughs> That's about all there is to say there, huh? Well, let me give you a quick example. You do banking online. You probably email your friends online. You shop online. How many people do you know can book their doctor's appointment online, email their doctor online, require their, re- request their prescriptions online, and look up their lab results online? We are so far behind. Our healthcare system has the best technology, and yet when you go to the doctor's office, what do they do? They pull out a chart with a paper, piece of paper and a pen. It's amazing the technology gap between what we deliver in care, and with just the basic stuff like billing, chart organization. I mean, can you imagine going to your bank and they would have every uh, your accounts on paper and pen, and then when you go to the next bank, they go, well, I have no idea what the other bank did because we don't have their chart. Yeah. Yep, that's that right. And to the doctor's office? Yep. This is what's scary about our healthcare system. So this is why it's very important people take charge of this because if you lift it to our own devices the way it is now, there's 100,000 people here that aren't here today for that reason. So right. unless you have a doctor in your family, you've got to take a little bit of initiative to make sure you're demanding the test you need, picking the right insurance plans, because people assume quality is the same in this country. It is not. There's some stars out there. You've got to find them, patronize them like you would for a, you know, a great car, a great restaurant you love. You've got to do that because all doctors aren't created equal. All insurance plans aren't created equal. How do you find a good doctor? Uh, great question. Uh, you, actually, the NCQA website uh, that we talked about earlier actually right. has a report card for doctors, too, and they've got to submit data and show that they can take great care of you to keep your blood pressure down, decrease your risk of stroke or heart attack and diabetes. You have to prove that by showing that they have a system in place that reminds the doctor, oh, I didn't see Mr. Smith this year. Uh, He's due to get his blood work done. Send him a little card, him remind him. Exactly. And I can tell you I've worked in two systems in my career. The first system, we tried to get accredited by NCQA for diabetes care. We could not do it. We had no system in place. We had charts. We had paper charts. There was no computerized system to remind us that people weren't coming in or they were overdue on their tests or their blood sugars weren't well controlled. And the system I work on right now is all computerized. I'll get reports every month or two on who, who needs to be seen, whose blood sugars aren't controlled to desirable levels. And so it makes my job a lot easier and hence makes your likelihood of living longer a lot better. That's great. Um, 
Do you feel like uh, pharmaceutical companies are pushing too hard? They are. Um, the the better question is pushing too hard on who. Or <laughs> who uh, for example, the medication Vioxx that Merck had promoted, that pain medication that got recalled yep. a few years ago. Yep. When it came out in 1999 and 2000, they spent more money promoting that medication that year than Budweiser spent on their beers Ooh. or Pepsi spent on their cola. Wow. That's a now, lot. Now, only 15% of pharmaceutical companies' budgets are spent on direct-to-consumer advertising. The remainder is actually spent on educating doctors and giving free samples. When you say, are they pushing too hard? The question is, who are they pushing too hard? Well, are probably pushing both groups a little too hard. Okay, yes. Okay. Okay, uh, break time. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmay Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Dr. Davis Liu, author of Stay Healthy, Live Longer, Spend Wisely. We'll be right back with more. 